Well, well, well. Welcome back to the number one podcast in the world, Bold Perceptions. I hope you guys are all doing well today. I'm doing great, feeling good outside currently, soaking up some vitamin D under the sun, living well. On today's episode, you're going to be listening to Nick have a conversation with Noah Richards. Noah's an interesting guy who is living the life right now. He is currently teaching online and in Spain while traveling. I uh, built up his own online business, playing football in Spain. I'm telling you, he's living the good life. And breaks it down today how he got into it. You know, he was sick and tired of the nine to five and knew what he wanted to do. So he said, screw it and went after it. But yeah. He's a good dude, really liked his energy, his vibe. Basically, I just liked the episode, so I'm sure you guys will. And if you do, share it with a friend, family member, whoever. But yeah, have a great, great, great rest of your day. Hi, back at it in the place where it all started, Copenhagen in Denmark, actually at Emery's Cafe. Um, sitting in the exact table that me and Des recorded Pop's Picture. And it's one of my favorite episodes we've done. It was uh, Des's story, uh, losing his father to cancer. It's very emotional, very inspiring. But today we have a new guest that I just met recently while working uh, a little football camp back uh, for the Solru Gold Diggers. I can never <laughs> pronounce it. Uh, and I met a dude that just came into town. He's another American. He drove all the way up. For, from Spain. It was getting too hot down there. I know the feeling. It was about 100 and uh, humid in Bologna. So I bet it was very similar in Malurka? Malaga. Malaga, he is. But Malaga. this dude's quite uh, interesting. And I really think he will provide value to you, the listener, to show you that you can do this travel life while you're young. You can make money. You can live nomadic. And, and his, uh, his story briefly that I've gotten to know him is pretty pretty neat and it hits on a lot of the solo traveling uh, perspectives of gaining independence accountability and kind of you know going with the flow and and living how you want to live so it's Noah Richards and he's from Ohio played a little d3 ball now he's teaching English at an international school in Spain and he also figured out how to make some money online by teaching English to people in China. So Noah, can you give our listeners a quick uh, background on yourself? All right. So just first one to put it up a little bit. Sorry. First one, just say I'm happy to be here. This podcast seems really, you know, informative and, you know, I'd love to share my knowledge of how I got here. So um, I graduated college a year ago. I had applied to teach at an international school. You can look at me when you talk. And, uh, (laughs) And um, I got into the program after a series of interviews. I spoke fluent Spanish, which really, really helped. Um, You lived in Chile. And I lived in Chile when I was in sixth grade, which gave me a background in Spanish. So, you know, for those people thinking about doing this, like bilingualism is is the way to go. Um, So after that, I I worked in medical sales, got pretty burnt out, and I realized I needed to make a change in my life. This is right after college. Right Right after college. Um, So you went down the normal route. I did. I did. I went down the, you know, the generic medical sales, you know, wake up at five, go into hospitals, um, you know, just the grind. And it wasn't for me. And I'm not to say it's not 
going to be for me. But, you know, while I'm still, you know, lacking responsibilities, no family, no kids, no nothing like that, like, it's pretty cool you're to be able to... You're yearning for some adventure. Exactly. And which is what's is interesting is you had a, a business degree. No, right. No Business and economics, degree. yes. Business and economics. And I think that's important to uh, start out by saying is I have no background in English or teaching. And I never even knew I wanted to do that till, till you know, I... I just heard my friend did it, and I thought, you know, I, I studied abroad in Spain. I love Spain. I'm like, Sounds like a good deal. So anyways, um, I moved out to Spain in August last year. Um, 2019. 2019. I, um, I started teaching in September, and I loved it. Um, teaching is really rewarding, and, and in Spain, you know, you, you get treated like a professional. You don't get treated as kind of like a lesser job as, as teachers often are in the U.S., and I, I found that to be kind of very just like... I found a lot of intrinsic value in that. You felt important? Yeah, I felt important. And that, you know, you don't make a ton of money, but you make a professional salary, which is enough to get by in southern Spain. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's paradise. Yeah. What, tell us a little bit about where you were living. So if I could recommend one place to go in Spain, it would be Malaga. Um, it's, on, it's on the southern tip. Um, it's a port city, very international. A lot of people from all over, really. Um, and it's cheap. You can get, you know, all you can eat seafood, five euros. Bus is like 50 cents. Um, haircuts like five euros. Like everything is just very affordable. So people don't make a ton, but people don't really care that they don't make a ton because they can live. Yeah, they live. So people, people say, you know, in the U.S., you, you work to live. Or, you know, you live to work. But in Spain, they work to live. So, or wait, the opposite. <laughs> but anyways. They're more, um, <laughs> they don't need as much. And they just kind of—they don't need a big house. They don't need a, no. a long-term. Long They're not even car. houses in Spain. Yes, yeah, so little apartments, but they also just—you know—they take the long siestas and. Exactly. But they enjoy life a lot. Exactly, and that's—that's that's probably the reason why I like Spain so much. Is it's just not such a grind. People actually take time to talk to each other, sit out in the street, drink, you know, relax, spend time with family, um, just do things for the enjoyment, not just. Well, how is this going to help me? How is this going to help my career? People, and I mean, in Spain's economy is pretty bad, so yeah. there's definitely trade-offs. But as somebody who speaks English and already has the tools to be self-sufficient, it it's a really wonderful place to live. Um, and that's what you really um, started gaining too from moving out all on your own, and and you don't want to want to hit onto that, so that you went to August, moved there going eight to five, work in Spain all by yourself, living yeah. alone. It kind of made you grow up. Exactly. Um, I think that's probably the best thing you can do out of college is go somewhere that's completely unfamiliar. Because if you spend four years in the same environment, you might be kind of tempted to, you know, after college, just stay in your comfort zone. And as someone who's always been kind of, you know, slightly adventurous, slightly out there, you know, um, I think this was the perfect fit. And you know, when it comes to renting an apartment, I got a car, I, I did all these things that, you know, I had never actually done before and, and doing it in Spanish and, you know, just creating a life um, was honestly probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done to date. Just when I was finally settled in, when I was driving to work, when I was, you know, hanging out with my new friends. Um, I played football in Spain on a team, which which was really fun, um, traveling around Spain for free. Um, you know, it, it was really it was really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you came from a small college, right? Yeah, Denison University. Denison University. So, um, and then this was like an adventure. And you yeah. got out here yeah. and it was like uh, the, every day is something new, right? Right. 
But it's interesting to me because a lot of people always wonder about traveling and, you know, oh, it's so expensive and whatnot. But nowadays, especially with the Internet, there's so many ways to freaking make money. And that's yes. why I really want to have you on is because you found a job teaching English. You had no background in teaching, no background in learning languages. Nice. You just grew up in or a year in Chile, so you knew some Spanish and, and whatnot. So I think this is a great uh, thing for some people like you ha you're born with the skill in america right. to teach english and the cost of living in a lot of different places is very cheap and especially right. if you can make dollars online and that's what you learned to do now how did this come about you were you were teaching uh last august and where did this idea of teaching online um come well um i first got introduced to teaching online through my friends in Spain who were also doing it to just supplement their income for extra money for travel, for, you know, going out and just having fun. Um, and at first I wasn't really into it. I kind of thought it was maybe like a scam or like you had to, it just seemed too good to be true, honestly. Um, but, um, you know, when my school got shut down and when, and when COVID hit and I was stuck in Spain, sitting in an apartment, couldn't go outside, couldn't even, couldn't do anything. I, I said, you know, it's, <laughs> It's about time that I start start this thing. So, you know, there's a number of programs out there. There are U.S.-based companies that usually teach in countries like China. Um, and there's a couple others, but mostly China, um, that have a large demand for American teachers. And it's important to stress that, unfortunately, they... They have a demand for Americans that y you really have to be from the U.S. I've never, I've never heard of anyone from, from England doing this, although I'm sure there's other opportunities. The ones that I know of through China are only for Americans. Um, and they do make you have a year of teaching experience, but usually if it's concurrent, they'll let that slide. What does that mean? Um, you know, you have to teach at a school. Okay. So, and you also need a TEFL certificate, which is teaching English to for in a foreign language. Um, and that costs a lot of money, but luckily my school in Spain paid for that. And I was taking that concurrently. So again, that can kind of slide in the application process. So, so there is a lot of screening. They make you write a cover letter. You, I would say it's probably about 50% of people just make it through the initial screening. Yeah. But after yeah, that... Hold on, let me ask you something. What is this... Can teaching be a lot of different things? Like, I could be a substitute teacher in Italy teaching English, or I have to be a part of some important school, or... Because I've seen things from other You need nomads. to be a teacher that requires a TEFL certificate. So because my program required that certificate, it is valid in their eyes. And there's some programs that don't need that, though, no. right? And, the, and that's what most legit. of the teacher, teachers yeah. are in Spain, is their language assistants. Yes. I'm an actual teacher, and my program in Spain is... It's for all the private kind of international schools, which is, it's a little bit harder to like get into than the government program, which is, it's pretty disorganized. You don't get paid on time. It's, it's not good. But <laughs> how, yeah, how the hell did you, because you had the business degree. Right. You know what I mean? So was it that complicated to get this teaching stuff and get a job? Like, because you didn't have a teaching degree. Right. You know? I think, I think I kind of did well in the interviews because they, there's an interview in English and then there's an interview in Spanish. Oh, yeah. Um, it just so happened that um, my uh, interview person was from Sevilla, which is where I studied abroad, and, and we had a, a large conversation about that. Um, so and yeah, you, you really working. have to be personable. They want yeah. people that are going to be good with kids, yeah. and you know, obviously, you have to pass background checks and and drug tests, unfortunately, and you know, <laughs> um, you know, all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I got to say, all the all the visa stuff, all the the whole process, it it kind of makes you question whether it's worth it, but. Um, it 100% is once you get out there. <laughs> okay, so you, so you did this during COVID, yeah. during the lockdown, and it took how long? No, I'm talking about the application for the, being a teacher. Oh, that, that, that takes a minute. Right, right. Okay. But um, 
as I said before, like they make you have a TFL, they make you have a year teaching experience or concurrent, concurrent yeah. cover letter, background check. Um, and then comes the, the really hard part, which is basically um, you have to do a number of interviews. It's, it's first pretty basic. You give a demo lesson. That's not so difficult. But then the next, the following ones are basically mock classes where you give a class um, to an adult that's pretending to be a kid. <laughs> And each time they, they pass you on to the next level, but at every level they give you more and more kind of detailed criticism. So at first, they're gonna point out the things you were obviously doing wrong, and then they kind of get more detailed approaches. Um, okay, it, this sounds very professional, but I mean, there's other ways too for the average layman to, to get into teaching yes, English too, right? Yes, and I think, as, I think it's important to say that there are other programs that pay a little bit less. Yeah. Um, I think one's called Palfish, and that's like that's like six or five an hour. Yeah. Um, there's but, a, but you went, you know, the the real professional route to get more to make it more secure. But you still didn't have the the background, though. right? So anyone can do this. Yes, and I, I think that's really important to stress: is anyone can do this. I don't have any type of passion for the English language. I, you know, I, I just speak English, and I don't really even I don't really even know a lot of like the the grammar or the tenses. It's just. It's one of those things where it just sounds right and you can correct people. And, and my program, at least, my teaching platform, um, they give me all the slides I need so I don't have to create my own lessons. Um, and as well, you know, they, they really provide you all the tools to succeed as a non-English kind of major. Because, you know, probably a lot of people aren't English majors or else no. they're teaching in the U.S. or going into academia or getting a master's. Um, yeah, and... I would wait. I would be teaching in Spain for whatever amount because exactly. you know, they don't get paid yeah. much in English exactly. either. And exactly. Exactly. So whole... doing this in in the U.S. is not really ideal. But if you're you know if you're in Thailand where oh, things are dirt. dirt cheap, I know a number of people that you know sail around Thailand, going to different islands, oh. living like a paradise you know life, and they can live like kings because they're making nineteen an hour. Okay. Uh, so I get that point, and you got it during quarantine. Now let's get into. How the hell did you start getting clients? How did you start making some funds during this? And, and just the whole process of starting your own, you know, kind of online business. Right. So I think it's important to say that because of COVID, um, the industry is more saturated than it's ever been. Everyone wants to teach online because, you know, people can't, can't go to work. Um, so I think it's really important if, if you know, any, any of the listeners are thinking about getting into this, you really have to take it seriously. It can't be something that you can just bullshit your way through yeah. um you really have to put yourself out there you, you almost turn yourself into a caricature yeah because you know you don't yourself. You, you you don't speak um chinese so you communicate with excitement with your facial expressions with putting your hand over your ear you you really have to be very very animated and not everyone can do that because they choose you right yes. on this app yes and okay. and um not everyone can do that and i know a number of people who just said this is not for me i can't i can't do that and you know, initially I kind of thought I was in that group where I just, you know, I was like, I just can't, I can't get up in five in the morning and, and just put on a huge smile and, and start being goofy. But the truth is, is like when, once you start doing it, it actually becomes kind of routine and, you know, you can kind of just, you kind of just do it. It's kind of just second nature after, you know, the first few classes. But initially it is very, as of right now with all the, with all the new teachers um, that they have, um, it's kind of hard to get bookings at first. So when you do get a booking, it's important to take that class, 
as serious as anything ever. Like, give the students special attention. Go a little bit overtime. Um, send them a booking request after the class. Use the interactive platform. You can you can draw all sorts of stuff. You can you can use props in your classes, which is really important. But if you go above and beyond, um, you might get parent feedback and. Parents usually don't give feedback unless it's five stars. So if if you can get that ever elusive parent feedback, it it can it can work wonders for your teaching because I know people that have taught one class and and there's it's months later they still haven't gotten a booking because right now there's only demand for teachers that are proven yeah. <laughs> teachers that you know you're sure are good because right now there's a lot more teachers than students. Well, you were brand new to this thing, right. and obviously you, you taught um, the young kids in in Spain in August. So how the hell did you? prove yourself and get more clients did you ask them for reviews did you put out emails i mean what was your philosophy through it okay well in honesty um just the way chinese culture works it, it sucks to say but white males kind of have an advantage mm-hmm. it's just it, they pay, it, it, i heard in china they pay a white male just to sit in meetings he doesn't yeah. do nothing so i i hate to say that because i i definitely don't think i'm like the world's best teacher or anything i i put in effort i i try but being a white male, like, it just helps and it gives you an advantage and, and it sucks and it's not fair, but it, I'd be stupid if I wasn't taking advantage of that. Totally. Um, and yeah, you're right. There are people in China that just literally are white people for a living, which yeah. <laughs> just wear like a, like a fake doctor's coat and shake hands and yeah. stuff. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, maybe I'll do that one day. Fuck. Like, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I did go above and beyond. I did take the extra time initially because I knew if I didn't do well, I wasn't going to get any more classes. Um, but as I said, I, I do think I had just an inherent advantage as well. And then so during this, uh, this COVID, did you just go to work on this and you put as much effort and time as you can to build a client base, to build you know, um, some, some money that was going to come in monthly or what? Exactly. I mean... During COVID, Spain got completely locked down. You, you really couldn't go outside to do anything but shop for groceries. And even then, it was kind of scary. Um, so really, I was just shutting doors and I just, I went to work. <laughs> I, I gave it my best shot. Um, and as I said, I had an advantage, but I don't think I would have been where I am today teaching if I didn't really, really make sure I got the positive feedback um, initially, because, you know, these kids are, are from usually ages five to seven to eight, or at least that's my age group. Yeah. Um, you need to have a higher qualification to teach older kids. Okay. Um, and the parents are always watching. They're always oh, yeah. sitting right. They're almost always sitting right next to them because they want to make sure they get their money's worth. They want to They probably learning too. Yeah. They, they want to learn a little bit and they want to make sure their kids stay on track because often, t- you know, young kids can get distracted. Sometimes they don't feel like sitting yeah. still or answering the questions. So, it is helpful to have the parents there when the kids are kind of not paying attention or not, you know, not doing what they're told. But it also can be a little bit of pressure because, you know, you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to, I mean, you're always being watched. Oh, so hold on. So you went to freaking work in this quarantine. Did you build up like a base? So now you're kind of, you know, not smooth sailing, but, you know, you've got clients yeah. and you can make money whenever yeah. you want, basically. I would say by no means am I smooth sailing. I probably get four to five bookings a day when I open all my hours, um, which is good. But I do know a lot of people who have a large following, whose who students, a lot of students set them as their primary teacher. Okay. Um, and when you get set as your primary teacher, you're, you're likely to get a class with them, you know, every, every other day or something. So right now I have about, I have about 10 students that are, I'm their primary teacher and another like 20 that, you know, occasionally book a class with me. And the money? 
Um, about 20 an hour. Nine, right now, 19, but it, it can go up to 21 if I continue working for that. And now, let's explain to the people here what $20 an hour is for living in uh, south, southern Spain. All right, this is the fun part. So this is what I always tell my friends when I'm trying to convince them to come to Spain is for, for $20, you can get, you know, an awesome seafood meal. You can get a haircut. Um, and you can buy, like, five drinks. For 20 nice, bucks. Nice drinks. Yeah. Beers are one euro, but if you want, like, a cocktail or something, like, two or All three. All for 20 bucks. All for 20 bucks. Yeah. And you're living basically in uh, um, a vacation area spot for 400 euros a month, right? 450. And now you're renting it out, too. So Yes. So you came to Copenhagen because it was too hot. It was too hot in Malaga. Right now, um, I wouldn't say it's an ideal time to be there. It is just so hot and... My apartment's nice, but it doesn't have AC. Yeah, most and, places in Europe, yeah. You know, in southern Spain, people just, I guess they just like being hot. But, you know, when it's 4 a.m. and you're waking up, like, just sweating, oh, yeah, you start thinking about going somewhere else. So that's, you know, that's when I contacted this team in, in Copenhagen when um, one of my friends who I played with in Spain went over here. Um, for American football. For American football, of course. And, yeah, that's, that's when I realized, like, I can actually just go wherever the hell I want. Um, Copenhagen's an expensive city, but working in Spain for a while, saving up money, you know, I, I can definitely make it work out here for sure. Um, and this, Yeah, this, so this is what now I want to get into because we, we got through the idea of, you know, a dude with no teaching background, you know, business degree, small-town Ohio kid just went out to freaking Spain, made it happen. He's making a living, doing well. And then now you're, you're reaping some benefits. You're, you're, you're finding yourself uh, independence, self-reliance. And it was too hot in Spain. So guess what? I can make money online. I'm going to rent out my place. It's, you know, high season. A lot of tourists go there. Um, makes a little money on that. And I'm just going to go to freaking Copenhagen. Why? Because I can. I can do whatever the hell I want because I can work and make money online. Now, this is what I love. Now, let's talk about this this nomad and, and this feeling you get from it and and the experiences you've had by saying, fuck it, I'm gonna leave my comfort zone, I'm not gonna do what everyone says I should do, and, and live. Right. Yeah, so actually, um, you were the person who introduced me to the term digital no nomad. I've, <laughs> I've actually never heard that before, but it, I think it's a perfect term to describe what I'm doing right now. Um, and so, I guess when you become independent, when you realize I can go anywhere in this world, which people say it's a small world, but it's a big world, and there's a lot of places to go, and, and people, they spend so much time in one area that they become almost accustomed to not you broadening. Settle. You settle. You settle, and, and I think some people are comfortable with that, but yeah, you know, once you get out there and start doing your own thing and, and being independent, driving to work... Um, renting your place, living, paying bills, doing things that, you know, you didn't do in, a in whole college. Different world. In a whole different world. It's cool. You feel like you're the shit. Like, yeah. You start um, walking with your shoulders back. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I, I, I think I'm more confident than I ever have been. Not that I wasn't confident in college, but, you know, four years in Ohio, you know, Small you have town. a very limited perspective. And I, I would say that my... When I studied abroad in Sevilla, that's when I kind of realized that I, I love the world. Like, <laughs> there's places that are not the U.S. that are, that are awesome. And I didn't really realize that so much before then. I wasn't so into the whole travel thing. Totally. And then you figure out, too, it's like you unlock these experiences that you could have never had in right. small town Ohio or wherever the hell you're from. Like, you meet these different people. You never know where that leads. You learn that you can teach online in English. Um, you see different things. You grow up as a person. Um, it, it, it's something, right? It's like you're... you're you're living on highs, you know what I mean? But with that, there comes some lows, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I think those lows are making you grow. What do you think? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I've had a ton of lows. Um, I had my phone stolen once, 4 a.m. I was not in a good mental state at that point. <laughs> um, that, that wasn't great. You know, things happen in Spain and and, and anywhere you travel, people are going to try to take advantage of you, and people are going to realize that you're not from here. Um, but you, you, you get the opposite end of the spectrum, too, or the nicest people ever. Exactly, exactly. And um, there really is nothing more empowering than overcoming obstacles. There was a million obstacles um, when it came to coming to Spain, and with COVID and, and the situation now, there's a million more. And, and when you can check them off one by one while living in a foreign country, making it work, doing your own thing, not relying you know, on my parents or anything... It, it's really done so much just for like you know waking up every day and being like damn what a life what a life um so yeah i I, i've never done anything more empowering in my life than moving out of the u.s and doing my own thing and as you said there's been highs there's been lows but after you know when all when it's all said and done like i'd do it again in a heartbeat and the the self-growth has been through the roof you think yes absolutely you recognize the person you were back in small bumfuck nowhere ohio barely barely yeah um Barely. Just because, you know, I was a football player. I played football, I lifted, I went to class, and, you know, I drank and had fun. But, like, I didn't I didn't realize just how much there was to know, how much there was to learn. Like, even being here in Copenhagen, like, I feel like I've learned more just in these four days of just being part of this new culture than I did in any of my college classes. Like, I've just never been one to sit still and take information. I've been one to kind of learn by doing well, what I love, too, is you literally just showed up. You hit up the coach and said, hey, I'm here. And all of a sudden, you're working at a camp. You're going to practices. And, <laughs> yeah, like, and here's the thing, too, is you weren't uh, – you told me you were, like, a special teams guy in yeah. football. And, you know, a lot of dudes, you know, uh, after college, they stopped playing the game they loved. I assume you love it. You know, they got a regular yeah. job. And then all of a sudden, you said, you know what? I'm going to go to Spain. I'm going to teach. I've never teached before. And I'm going to keep playing football, yeah. meet new people, relationships. Like That's what it's about, really. Um, it's like not taking no for an answer and it's saying, you know, this is my life and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. And that's what you're doing. Yeah, I really appreciate that because that, that's exactly how I feel. Um, I've never been a, like a world-class football player. I know the game well. I know, like, fundamentally how to play. I'm, you know, I'm a decent athlete, but I've never been a superstar and I've never been somebody that anyone would want to come to their country to play football to pay them or to take care of them but you are <laughs> but i'm here um and that's cool to me because i love the sport and i don't love just playing the sport playing the sport is fun i love the people that you meet i love the bonds that you make i love i love the physicality i just love i love the sport and you know every after every season i'm like oh i'm done and then it just somehow happens again that i'm playing yeah. um and really i that's really all thankful to be being a teacher um, and being able to move outside the country and realize this, the sport of football is really transferable to almost all, every country all, all in the world. Lessons, and, yeah. and, and I don't know, the people that you meet um, in other countries that play football, are, are, they have the same character as the people that you played football with back home and the same kind of love for the game because that's the only reason why they're playing. And yeah. that's why I love it is because these people love football as much as I do. Great shit. Right, let's get out of this philosophical stuff again. Let's get down to the practical part of this as we finish up this episode how can people listen to this right now go your route or if you know other nomads and how they did it you know what should be some first steps that to, to get on this journey and say like, hey you know what i'm in a dead-end job or i'm just finishing college like i want to go a year abroad uh, obviously i can't afford just traveling around for a year so i need to make some money you know right. what are some practical freaking steps that they can do to go work in a new country or or work online 
Okay, well, I think the first step for anybody is to make the decision in your mind that that's what you want to do. Um, because I think there's a lot of people that think, oh, well, that would be great, but no, I can't. I have this responsibility. No, I can't. I have this responsibility. I think before you do that, you have to make up your mind. This is a leap of faith. This is crazy. People don't usually do this, but I want to do this, so I'm going to do this. And well, How was that for you? Um, what do you mean? Like you, When you made that decision. I got burnt out working. I just, I, I got tired of waking up at five in the morning and, and just, you know, being, you know, working for the man, like not feeling like I was doing anything significant. And now I feel like everything I do is significant because it's significant to me. Yeah. I mean, while maybe teaching online doesn't feel so significant, it almost does because it enables me to live the life that I want to live. Yeah. Um, so, but as far as first steps, just apply to the program. If you decide that's what you want to do, um, I would recommend the program Medeas. That's my program. That's to teach in private schools and actually be a teacher. But it's very selective. So if you don't get into that program, there's another program through the government, which I don't not recommend, but it's going to provide a number of hurdles, like not getting paid on time. People don't respond to you. Uh, the schools aren't very nice. Um, there's also like Fiverr and stuff like that, right? So maybe you build a platform right. in America mm-hmm. through all those the websites don't need credentials. Yeah. You get good reviews and go from there if you do that too. Yep. Yep. You could. Absolutely. Um, they're always looking for people who just have a background, not just in teaching, but in interacting with kids. So if you worked at a summer camp or, you know, if you, um, if yeah, you volunteer. Yeah, coach a team. Yeah, or like coach you're, a team, you're, you're exactly. You're a sporting athlete and you were right. part of a program. They look for people that are going to be good with kids. And, and they really are looking for people that, are articulate that can that can speak well that can interview well they're not looking for english majors i really don't think they are um well then look listen to this too so let's say you build up you don't want to go through all the hurdles and the red tape so you build up on those free websites there's mm-hmm. a shit ton of them you get some good reviews and you say fuck it i'm gonna go to uh, somewhere where i can get a long visa i can get a three-month visa in europe mm-hmm. go work at a hostel you get free stay mm-hmm. and during the your four hours after you work you, you work on your laptop make some money to go travel I mean, this is set up right there, isn't yeah, it? That's absolutely. the easiest route. But anyways, so the first step... But I mean, there's aside. a number of people that do do that. Yeah. And it's, it's, a little bit of, um, it's a little bit more challenging to get that three-month visa. Or to, I mean, the tourist visa, you can yeah. still yeah. do the same thing. But um, you'd be making a little less money. You'd be a little bit more kind of... I don't not know, as secure. Yeah, yeah not as secure. Um, it's nice to have like a job job yeah. and, and people that you work with. They provide you free meals and... Yeah kind of stuff like that but at the end of the day i know a ton of people that work at hostels that teach online and just live their best lives just yeah. having a good time um so okay yeah. so first step you said yep yeah, uh decide and start applying right decide and start applying that's the first step the second step you know if you're going to spain learn spanish like the government program they don't care if you learn spanish but medeas i don't believe they hire people that don't speak spanish they say that it's not required but i haven't heard of anyone that works there that doesn't speak you don't have to speak fluently, but you need to be able to have a conversation in Spanish. Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> um, and I guess the third step is really, is really being genuine. You don't want to fake it. I, I really feel like people want to know that you're in it for the right reasons. Um, so when you do interview, come across as someone who, who's excited about the opportunity to work with kids, who is genuinely excited about a new opportunity, and don't try to present yourself as someone who's not. Someone who really knows the English language. Because I still have trouble with the tenses. Like, I got my students sometimes reminding me about certain things, you know. But at the end of the day, we're English speakers. We know it sounds right and sounds wrong. And that that kind of, like, 
compass um, can really help you. I think you get away with all that stuff if you just have good energy. They like you. Exactly. You, know I mean? you don't have to be grammatically like a stupid. People English hardly teacher. believe me when I say I, I barely know like English grammatical stuff. Like I, I really don't. <laughs> but they just like enjoy being with you and they're learning the ninety five percent basics. You know, I mean, who wants to learn from that six year old? You know, divorced wifey with ten cats that's just a total ass hates exactly. her life. You know what I mean, you have good energy, you know what I mean? And and that that means a shit ton, right? It did in your interviews, right? Yeah. It's who you yeah. know. Exactly. Okay, so that's the practical side, teaching English. Now, tell me the steps of living in a new world, getting comfortable, being on your own. You know, best advice here. Make it freaking practical. Okay, I would give you two pieces of advice to start with. The first thing, I know a number of people that have tried to set up their lives before they got there and they ended up getting scammed. Obviously, don't do that. The second thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. People are willing to help you and you can usually tell who's trying to help you and who's not trying to help you. You know, if there's other Americans there, ask for help because... There's expat communities on Facebook, a bunch like, of different services that will introduce you to fellow Americans or wherever the People hell are from. almost always willing to help you, especially other Americans. There was one other American working at my school and he, he basically made sure that I was taken care of, that I knew exactly what I needed to do at the school and away from school. And I knew there's a lot of different papers you have to get, background checks, um you know, identity cards, and he helped me through all of it. Whenever I had a question, I just asked. And so if anybody's really seriously considering about doing this, even before you go, reach out to people who are already there. There's, as you said, there's Facebook groups. Each program has their own group and people exchange information. Well, what about this too? So this just came to my mind because this is who handles my paperwork and pays me and does all that stuff is uh, join a sports team. So right. even if they don't pay you, yeah. um, uh, say, hey, I will come here. I will coach for two hours, three hours a week, just can you help me with a, maybe a work visa, maybe um, uh, just help me get settled. Or anything. maybe you have a new group of friends. Like yeah. I, yeah, playing in Spain, too. Yeah. traveling around for free, you bond with people that you yeah. play football with. And now I, I feel like I got like 40 guys that I'm like close with that I can pretty much ask for anything. And you know, when I left for Spain, I had one of them like help clean my apartment for me. Like there was a number of things that I needed to t take care of. And when you, when you put yourself out there, when you, it's it's scary, like joining a sports team in another country, joining a club or a group or whatever. But when you put yourself out there and you create your own community, your own group of friends, that's the most important thing. Because it, it can otherwise, it can be lonely well, otherwise. Well, here's the point. So I just said, you know, the sports team, you know, I get, I got recruited. They, they got me over here. They right. paid me. They did all that stuff. And you're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yes. And you still went through the same whole thing. And mm -hmm. you just literally walked in there, talked to them, and made it happen. Yeah. There's probably book clubs and art clubs and all that shit that each one of you people can join. But like you said, you got to drive your car up to Copenhagen and say, this is me. I want to be on your team. What can I do to help? Right. That's what you did. And now you're a part of this, this team. You're going to be living in Copenhagen. You got your Airbnb for whatever. So putting yourself out there, such a big thing yeah. when you're trying. Literally just be proactive. Like if something pops in your mind and you think, you know, I'd really like to do this. This would be really fun. Why not do it? Do, do. Like, do. That's, and that's kind of what I, and I don't think I had that mentality in college. I think I had that mentality when it became necessary, when it became, yeah. well, I need to find a place to stay. Well, I need to do this. And once I got over those hurdles, I said, well, what's next? Yeah. There's a football team. Let's go play. Like, yeah. um, so I, yeah. Because you're comfortable in the, the small town Ohio Division three thing yeah. and everything was handled for you. And then all of a sudden you were working for the man. You were burnt out, not feeling purpose. You know, instead of being a little girl and blaming everyone else and being depressed, you said, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. And you did. Yeah. And, you know, if I could give one piece of advice to the listeners here, I would just say do. 
if you have something in your mind that you think there's even a small chance that you could pull off, do. Because things in your mind seem a lot scarier than once you really start doing them and you get invested in it and you get excited. Man, there's nothing that can stop you, honestly. There's, there's something about freedom. And I yes. think you feel that right now yes. where you're just free. And your life's in your own like, hands. I, I feel naturally high right now because I'm in Copenhagen and I've never been here. And I'm living by myself. And all my friends think I'm nuts in the best way possible. So, like... Uh. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a freeing feeling yes. when you're not held down by nothing. Okay, as we wrap this bad boy up, uh, I, we have this community here. We're all about connecting the doers, the community. Now, if people want to talk to you more about this and get in touch and maybe follow your path, are you more than welcome to helping them out? Absolutely. Absolutely. If anyone's hearing this and they'd like to contact me, um, I... Yeah, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, Instagram. We'll yeah, you can, you can like attach that to a link somewhere. And uh, like you said, it's it, it takes the work, but once you do it, it's you can, it's doable. It's, it's not, doable. It's it seems scary, but it really is doable. Yeah. You just don't be stupid. There's a million things that can go wrong, yeah. and yeah. they do go wrong sometimes. So I don't want to be liable if anyone does anything dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, overall, it was was it possibly the best decision you ever made? The best decision I ever made, and it's it set the stage for the second best decision I ever made and the third best decision I ever made. You know, like, coming here, I, I, I don't know whether it's the, be- the second best decision I ever made, but I wouldn't have done it if I didn't make that decision. So, at the end of the day, I, I couldn't be more happier. And here's the thing, too. You might meet someone here and it turns into a full-time gig or more money yeah. or something yeah. else. And, and now Danish women aren't, aren't so bad. Yeah, you know? oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the free health care. Tinder out here, oh, if, my God. If you, have a ba- <laughs> if you have a baby or get married here, you're getting free health care, oh free God. education. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Um, it's my pleasure. I, I felt a vibe when I met you the other day, and I'm glad uh, you're doing what you're doing. It's good to connect with like-minded people, and I look forward to the listeners, you know, one or two maybe that say, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I want to do what Noah does. I'm sick of doing what I'm doing. He just motivated me. Maybe you changed their life. You know, I never know where that leads. So, Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. All right. Until next time, uh, ciao. No, no, talk. Thanks from Copenhagen.